taking inventory right. of what's around you. This is going to sound weird, but I stopped going to my nail salon because every time I went into my nail salon, there's 10 TVs that have the news on. And right. I sit there and it's like death and COVID and, and quarantine and this. And for me to sit there for two hours. Yeah. And even when I put on headphones, I can see it. Yes. It's just not the vibe that I want to have. Yeah. So I think that even just evaluating and taking inventory of the people you're hanging out with, you know, the podcast you're listening to is really important. Yeah. Not to say you can't surround yourself with people with different opinions, but just like if it if it's negatively affecting you to, yeah. to really look at that. Hi, I'm Rachel Hollis, and this is my podcast. I spend so many hours of every single week reading and listening to podcasts and watching YouTube videos and trying to find out as much as I can about the world around me. And that's what we do on this show. We talk about everything, life and how to be an entrepreneur. What happened to dinosaurs? What's the best recipe for fried chicken? What's the best plan for intermittent fasting? What's going on with our inner child? How's therapy working out for you? Whatever it is my guests are into, I want to unpack it so that we can all understand. These are conversations. This is information for the curious. This is the Rachel Hollis Podcast. Ayahuasca, all the things where you take the trip with the shaman and they help you through whatever. But I always heard that you shouldn't do it if you had any ego, because if you have ego, then it ends up being a bad trip. Have you guys his, heard that? His issue was the opposite. Okay. He was, I think he was struck, like he was struggling with confidence issues. I right? would disagree with that though. Cause I would, I think everyone has an ego. Right. Like it's how, how do you, how do you have no ego? I think, I, I think I don't know anyone who doesn't have an ego. I think like I think that doing ayahuasca, what they say is like you have to be called to it and you mm. have to like really want to purge something. I am really called to it. I really want to try it. And Michael is not. <laughs> so yeah. I don't know if th that's true. I right. don't know enough about it. Right. I did have a friend that just did it and he said the purging part of it was life-changing and oh, I've noticed cool. a huge shift in his confidence. Yeah, wow. We're not experts by any means. No, we're not experts. Oh, don't God, go don't go search my name no, with ayahuasca. I'm not an expert. Yeah, we've just, no. you know, we've just had some friends now that have experienced. I know like everybody's talking about plant medicine right. now, um, but we just had a very close friend go and do it. And I think at least in his case, him coming back, it was a very positive experience. Cool. Yeah. Was it, it was just like, I don't even know how it works. Is it like one night or is it? It's three. He three? did three nights. He drank a tea for three nights, or they call it the medicine. And he went in just feeling burnt out, which is interesting. And we can talk about this because I feel like the world was in fear for two years. Yes. Still and is now kind I feel like places. they're experiencing burnout. Yes. So from the fear, I feel like the cortisol went so mm -hmm. high, and now everyone's burnt out from the cortisol. Right. Right. So he felt like that and went in and had an incredible experience. So it's interesting because we were talking earlier about L.A. versus Austin. So we were all in L.A. and now we're all in Austin. We didn't come together. I just made that sound a little no, weird. No, Rachel came way before <laughs> us. But I do think... Took us a minute to smile. Yeah, yeah. I do think that being in Austin during COVID, like, uh, what, I'm not going to get political, but... Um, no, I am. I'm very liberal and I'm like here for all of it. And what I love about Austin is that it's weird and it's, it accepts everybody. But you are inside a very conservative state. And there's something to be said for living in a liberal city inside a conservative state because 
people here, as much as in Austin, they wear masks and they're respectful. They're like, there wasn't the fear. Like you would go to LA or New York. Like I would travel there during the last few and you could, you can feel it. You land on the, you can feel everyone's so afraid and they had a right to be. The numbers were way higher. It was scarier. Nobody knew what was going on. But I just, the whole time for my friends who are in those major cities, I was like, this is, this is going to fuck you up. There's so much stress that you're holding on to for so much time. What are we meant to do with that? Well, I was telling you that's what's been interesting for Lauren and I is we, so we moved later than you. We, we moved in December of 2020. So we went through the entire pandemic in LA, in right, West Hollywood, in a condo. Yeah. During riots, during all these things, new child on the way. It was, our, our daughter was born in January. And so what's her birthday? Um, the 26th. Oh, and so the we, ninth that we, we your Capricorn. She's Aquarius. Okay. You know, I have a, a sizable company over there. Everybody went remote office shut down, like all of these things. We went through the pandemic and LA was a very, I mean, like most major cities, it was a very like fearful environment. Like people were freaked out. They don't know what's going on. Like obviously a lot's going on. Like there's all, all at the same time, there's a lot of riots. There's violence. There's all sorts of stuff, you know? Um, and then we came here and it's been interesting because like I said earlier, we're the control. Like we spend a, the majority of our time here, but periodically we have to go there. And the change in environment right. is just on the psyche is incredible to me because I would make the argument that, you know, even though Austin is a progressive city, like it still like feels very open. People mm -hmm. are very happy. People right. like, you know, they're not really in your business. And, and, and with that, I would say it feels, it's felt very normal. Like yes. um, I always joke with people that you'd have to kind of watch the news to know there was even something going on in Austin. If you didn't have a TV, right? It's normal. 100%. You go to LA, it's the exact opposite. Yes. And that study to me, and then I'll shut up, is interesting because you can take two different environments in the same country and have two completely different experiences during the same kind of event. Yes. It's a good reminder too, because, you know, we don't see life as it is. We see life through our own lens. And we think about, did you guys see that documentary on Netflix? Um, that's all about social media. Oh God, what's it called? The social experiment. Yes. Okay. Where it basically shows you, I've, it's so stupid, but I never realized that Google in Austin, Texas is very different if you Googled something in Oklahoma City or New York or Chicago. Oh, if you haven't seen that documentary, you should watch it. it I've, make I've only watched terrified. a little bit of it. That's really crazy. Yeah. Though. So basically, if you Google, this is what the thing shows you. If you Google climate change is in Los Angeles, it auto populates, destroying the world, a real thing, da 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 da. If you Google that in Arkansas, it auto-populates climate change is a myth, is fake news, isn't real, is what... And I didn't know that even Google is controlled by where you live. So it's just a really good reminder, because we were talking earlier about the internet and people and comments and hate and all of this, is like how much of this is us sort of being manipulated by our environment and we don't realize it. I think it's a really good thing. And I know it's a pandemic and, you know, for a while there, people were getting mad about people traveling. But I got to be honest, there's people, every time I went to an airport during the pandemic, it was jam-packed, right? Absolutely. Um, I think it's a good experiment for people that have been in one place for a long time, living in a maybe fearful environment to get out and go to places that may be contrary to the places that they're in, right? Like right. if you're in California, maybe take a trip to Florida. Yeah. If you're in Florida, maybe take <laughs> yeah. a trip to California. Yeah. I, and I'm, I, I'm, I'm giving the extremes right. because I think they're so different. And I've been to all these places during all this. And it's, it's really, it's just a really strange thing because it's, it's crazy how much a certain environment infects our psyche. Right. It's so real. Or even just how getting outside of your regular scheduled programming elevates 
what happens next. Like we went to, um, for New Year's, I went with my boyfriend to England where he's from and we rented a house and it was like all of his friends came in and one set of friends, uh, they have two young children. So their daughters, they have an eight-year-old and a three-year-old. And they were like, we, we never go anywhere. We've never been, we don't go anywhere. We hadn't been. And they were like this it like, they were like, gave us like a pep in our step. It like changed the family dynamic. It was such a big deal for us to get to go somewhere and do something. And I feel like, especially as parents, sometimes we get in sort of this loop and we keep living life over and over. Maybe not, we have kind of different careers than maybe the average person listening, but just to have the opportunity to see a different perspective is so good for all of us as humans. I think that for me, that's that's how I always want to live my life. I want to yeah. sit down with people who have different opinions than me. I want to have friends with different opinions. If I'm sitting at a dinner table with 10 friends and we're all agreeing with each other, I'm going to be bored as fuck. Right. So, and that's what our whole podcast is, is we don't bring on every single person that we agree with every single thing. You yes. can hear different sides and see why people come to those conclusions. And I think to take what you're saying on a micro level is even the content that you that you consume online yes like how much of that is playing in yeah. i'm i'm really purposeful now about whose instagram story i watch what what's populating on my news feed i will mute 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 right i i, I don't even like to look on the left hand side of instagram yeah. i'm yeah. there to do my work do my business serve my community and get off right and i think if you're constantly listening to the news, consuming different kinds of content, you, it's like so much you're just inundated. Right. Well, and you don't understand how much the things that you're choosing to consume is also um, molding. A hundred percent. The way that you see it. Like I remember getting to a place where I was like really struggling with body image and I've never really had a big issue with that. Um, but I was really struggling. I was like, every time I look in the mirror, I'd be like, oh, and annoyed, all of these things. And a week later, I was scrolling through Instagram and I realized how many like lifestyle influencers, this was years ago, lifestyle influencers with perfect bodies and perfect hair. And that was my entire, it was everyone I followed. There's nothing wrong with that. Those women are amazing. But it was making me look at a body very different than my own as the ideal. Hmm. And so every day I was being presented with something I couldn't live up to. And the shift was really easy. I just made sure that I was like, okay, I need to go follow women who have bodies like mine and who can who look like me and who are running or, or strength trainer doing the things I do, but doing it in a way that feels normalizing for me. Taking inventory right. of what's around you this is going to sound weird, but I stopped going to my nail salon because every time I went into my nail salon, there's 10 TVs that have the news on. And right. I sit there and it's like death and COVID and, and quarantine and this. And for me to sit there for two hours. Yeah. And even when I put on headphones, I can see it. Yes. It's just not the vibe that I want to have. Yeah. So I think that even just evaluating and taking inventory of the people you're hanging out with, you know, the podcast you're listening to is really important. Yeah. Not to say you can't surround yourself with people with different opinions, but just like if it if it's negatively affecting you to, yeah. to really look at that. Well, it feels like in moving, so you moved yourselves, your baby, you moved here from Los Angeles. Very so, different lifestyle. Yeah. So I feel personally that I've always been called out of a big city, right? So we moved to LA, you know, we grew up in San Diego. Yeah, so I was going to say you guys are A little San different, Diego, right? We're not yeah. like LA natives. We moved up there 
on and off kind of going back for 2014. Then we officially like moved up there full time in 2018. And it was very much like briefcase mentality for the business that we were in and that, that I still run. Like it was like, okay, you couldn't really be in San Diego to do it. Right. It was, you know, tapping into like entertainment. So it's like, okay, go up there. And do it. But I never felt like this is the place I want to raise a child where I want to have a family, where I see myself and, or we, we saw ourselves in 10 years. It's not to say that LA is not great. It just wasn't a place for me. And I've always just liked the, you know, the mentality here in Texas. I've liked the space. I've liked the openness. You touched on this earlier. I, the reason it wasn't Dallas or something like that is I love that this is a conservative state, but a liberal city, yes, right? I think yeah. that that provides a really interesting melting pot and a really great balance and it checks people, right? Yep. And this is maybe something that's going to hit people in the stomach. I think that if you go to certain places and it's so far on the left side, you go to other places, it's so far on the right side, those extremes keep getting further and further yeah. apart. I think what's made this country great for so long is you had people that were kind of maybe a little bit right of center, a little bit left of center, and they had to come together to figure out like what's the best thing that's going to keep the majority of people in, you know, happy in this country. We've gone so extreme on both sides that there's no conversation that can take right. place anymore, right? And, you know... One thing that's disappointing for me personally in the state of Texas, like you start to see some of these abortion laws come back, right? And they're starting to ban abortion. People wonder how something like that can happen, right? Especially as far as we've come as a country. But on the other side, you start to see certain, you know, maybe restrictions with COVID or certain laws that maybe people are overstepping or maybe certain things that they wouldn't have gotten away with a few years before. And you wonder like, on one side, there's an extreme over here and another side of the extreme. Extremes start getting answered with other extremes. Yeah, you're so right. And, and these things can happen because if one side takes advantage of an extreme on one side, then the other side will, well, if they got away with that on their side, we're going to get away with it on our side. And yeah. I think getting away from a moderate position is a very dangerous place to be in. Yeah, so real. In moving here like and making the change, right? You sort of knew that wasn't for you and you wanted to come to a new space. There's some element in what you were talking about and what you were talking about is almost like you're building, I hate to use this word, but you're curating the life that you wanted to have. What were some of the changes that you made when you came here that you you actively were making a different, you were stepping in a different direction when you came to town? After getting pregnant and, you know, having the baby and I couldn't walk her in the stroller outside right? because you know, right outside our house, someone had been pushed into a bus. Like there's all, I could go on and on and on all these different things. Like I couldn't even take the stroller outside to walk her. I was like, why are we paying so much money to live in a place where we don't have peace? Right. And I started to realize that maybe we had overstayed the briefcase mentality and it was maybe ego. Like, mm. like, oh, we live here because yeah, LA, yeah. Like, and that's for me when I was like, oh, no, 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 no. I need to reevaluate this. And f- coming here, it was like I wanted more nature. I wanted a sanctuary. I wanted to sit outside and have coffee. I wanted to do all these little things that maybe people would think is stupid every day. Yeah. Like go outside on the porch, have a cup of coffee, ground my feet in the grass. Right. Be, have my dog have a yard. Our you dog- have a really simple life out here. Yeah, like out very walking. simple. And Same. and I've always been a just to position type of person. I'm a Gemini. So a part of me is like, put me on stage. I'll, I'll, I'll entertain. But I have another side of me that's incredibly introverted yeah. and needs to recharge need to and recharge. likes to read. And, you know, we on weekends, we, we read, we take walks, we enjoy each other, we cook. It's, it's simple, simple, right. simple. Right. And you said that on our podcast, it was like, 
you want to do all these things and create all these things. But at the end of the day, you want to cook dinner. Yeah. And my thing is like tap into what you want to do and, and do more of that. And yeah. L.A. started to feel like I was getting away from myself. Mm-hmm. And did you guys discover inside of COVID, like, did it change the way you run the business? Like, because all of a sudden we can work from home or is it is it really similar? Well, it had, I mean, in a lot of ways, I think this for everybody, right? Like you start to reassess old systems, right? I think every company did that. And if they didn't, they're probably dead right now. Right? Right. Like, like, like if you're like, hey, everything's going to be fine. I'll yeah. just keep going as it's been. No, I started, I think like, you know, at Dear Media now, like it's a very different type of work environment. We have a very lenient policy. Sometimes people are in, sometimes people are out. Obviously, when the pandemic happened, a lot of the shows were recording from home. We just started to look and be like, do we really need to live in this nine to six structure, mm-hmm. right? Um, and I think once we realized we didn't, one, it opened it up the pool of people that we could work with. It opened up the opportunities. Um, but at the same time, and this is kind of what I'm pushing for now, as the pandemic went on, people were like, oh, this is exciting. I'm at home. I'm working from home. I'm in my house. But we have a lot of young people that work with us. And like, this is where a lot of people come for community and mm-hmm. friends and interaction and like two years into it, you start to get away from that. People get depressed and anxious and they're sitting. But it's extremes. Again, extremes. And so now we're like, okay, we're not ever going back to how it used to be, but let's also create an environment where if you want to come in and have a face-to-face interaction, let's enable that as well. Again, I think a lot of what COVID pointed out to people is like, I don't think an extreme in any direction in any circumstance is good, right? Right. Like you have to have some type of middle ground, some type of balance. But it did teach us to pivot and evolve. For me, like for instance, I don't do video Zoom. I don't want to stare at a screen. It's not that I don't want to see someone. I just don't want to sit and stare at a screen. Yeah. It's Michael's eyes, he now has glasses because he's been in front of Zoom so much. So wow. I, I also think you have to look at what what has happened and make sure you're editing it to work for you. Yeah. It's not that I don't want to see people's faces. It's just I'm not going to sit in front of a screen all day. That doesn't feel creative to me. Yeah. So I'll do a call instead. I think, like I said, just editing and pivoting and making sure – it works. It works for what gives you energy, not yeah. takes it. How did Dear Media come to be? Well, you know, it's like so. My background is I was a commerce executive, right? So I was mm. always running product brands. I was always behind the scenes person. As a matter of fact, sometimes I like really struggle with doing this. Um, and Lauren had started a blog back in 2010, like early, like you, like back when people were like, "What the hell's a blog? Right. Why are you like why are you doing this?" Right. I remember people going to her and saying, "Like that's dumb. Like how are you ever going to make a living? How are you going to make money?" Like before Rachel the term, knows. yeah, Rachel knows. very familiar. Before the term influencer even existed, <laughs> yeah. right? And along the way, obviously, there's the rise of all these social media platforms, which we just talked about on our show, and it was interesting. I mean, she, you know, people inevitably started saying, "Like who's this guy in the background?" Um, and I said, she said, can you start creating content? I said, listen, that's probably not the best for me. I'm kind of camera shy. I'm not going to, I'm not a writer, but you can't shut me up obviously. And I like podcasts and there's a lot going on. I said, why don't we do that together? We started as like a Q and a, just Lauren and I, um, and over time we just really like, you know, joined a prominent network. Didn't like the way that people were conducting business in the space. Not like they were bad people, but very outdated, old, antiquated radio models. Like, hey, I'm going to sell this show on a CPM. You're going to come here in a suit. Like, it was just not, a, it's not thoughtful into the overall brand. Right. Also, at the time, there was no female focus. Yeah. And Lauren and I had been speaking to women. Most of the products that I had uh, worked with in the past were speaking to women. I'm like, why is there not a bigger focus? Right. It was like the Tim Ferriss, the Gary V's, the yeah. Ed's. The, like, all those shows were at the top of the charts, Joe Rogan's. And so I said, okay, like, Maybe if we create an environment where women could come and have a place where like they can find a collection of shows, a collection of hosts, that hosts would also feel empowered to come on and feel like there was a space for them, that that would be a smart business move as well as 
creating the business infrastructure around that. So I, I co-founded with a woman I'm still very close with named Raina. And that's kind of how it started. And 100 shows later, here we are. I remember coming to your offices in LA back in 2018 and you talking about it. And I remember being like, what is this guy talking about? <laughs> like, what is it? What? Well, especially because I'm a guy, right? Well, and I didn't, uh, for the longest time, I started my podcast at the beginning of 2017 and I didn't, I didn't do ads forever. Like, I don't think I did ads until Girl, Wash Your Face exploded. And everyone was like, you are insane. Like you have so many listeners, you have to take ads. Cause I was like, well, I don't, I don't know. Like, I don't want to have people listening to a commercial. And they were like, dude, this is a business. Don't be an idiot. So I remember you telling me like, yeah, we said, this is what the company did. And I was like, what, what you sell ads? It's crazy. Yeah. I mean, it's like, it's, it's, it's been interesting. And as you know, it's an interesting time for audio and podcasts. I think the pandemic did a lot of things for the podcast business in general, not just for Dear Media, but like how many of us are going and tuning into AM FM radio? Even I would make the argument satellite radio. It's like, it's the same. When I explained it to my 77 year old dad, he's like, what the <laughs> yeah. fuck are you doing over right. here? I'm like, listen, you remember when cable TV went to on demand? Right. And you remember when you can kind of pick and choose and fast forward and you could find a category and search things I'm like the same things happening in audio. Yeah. Where do all those dollars, where do all the talent, where do all those hosts and detention go to? It comes to platforms like this. Right. And it's on your phone, right? Right. It's easy to access. How do you feel like it's, um, will continue to evolve or shift this specific category. I think you're going to start to see it like it's going to be the same thing that you've seen on other platforms, right? It's going to get a lot more commercial because businesses are going to start to recognize there's right. bigger dollars. Right. I think you're going to start to, it's going to start to get much more competitive. I think just like anything else, competition is not a bad thing. Like cream will rise to the top. People that are serious about it. When people come to talk to me at Dear Meat and they're like, hey, I want to be the next Joe Rogan. Mm -hmm. I want to be the next call her daddy. I'm like, well, let's start a show and see if we can get to a thousand listens first. Exactly. And if they come in and say, how do I make money here? Everyone's doing it. I'm like, you're asking the wrong question. Right. The right question is, how do you get people to actually get value out of the the show that you're providing them? Yeah. The I also follows. think, and, and you're doing this with Dear Media, that it's not a podcast necessarily with ads. That's that's really the draw. It's the brand. How yes. are you building brands? Right. So are you doing merch? Are you writing a book? Are you doing NFTs? Right. What are you doing? Is to there a product line? Is right. Yeah. And so I think what Michael wants to do too, and what he's what he's trying to do with your media is each podcast that he signs, he looks at as a brand. Right. And like, how do we incubate that and like blow it up? Not just having other brands support it. Yeah. yeah I would say the yeah. ads is like maybe 25% of what we do. Like right. it's a nice, I, I call that part of the business, like a cash flow business. It's a, ser it's a service business, right? We're providing a service to the brand and the mar and you know, the host and we're providing, you know, an opportunity for, for listeners to go and find a good deal on a product, but taking it a step beyond, it's like, you know, are you getting into events? Is there a product line? Is there a service? Is this a book? Is this going to television? Like that's the kind of stuff when, when shows or, or talent comes to me and say, Hey, I just need you to sell my ads and I'm going to do this. I need to make a bunch of money. Typically I'll pass on stuff like that and say, Hey, like maybe like there's another place that's better suited for just like ad sales. Yeah. And also I feel like, you know, this, not everyone is meant to podcast hundred percent. Like there's some people that have beautiful Instagram content and then they podcast and you're like, oh, maybe I didn't need to listen to right, that. 
Right. Or you're incredible at writing and that's the medium that you should be inside of. Right. <clears throat> I think you have to know your medium. If you're listening and you're and you're someone who wants to start something, I would say forget about what everyone else is doing yeah. and really focus on what you're really good at and put your energy there. Yeah. I if love I had that. a business coach, everyone would tell me like, why aren't you on Instagram? Why aren't you writing? And it's all these things. We talked about this when you were just on our show. It would do all of these things that would take something that I'm excited about and make it into something that I don't like. I would, right. I, I like talking to people, meeting new people on the show. I would do it for free. Yeah. Right. If someone said you have to start coming up with Instagram captions, <laughs> taking pictures of yourself, like I would oh, be so overwhelmed. Oh my god! I tried to do a photo shoot for five minutes. I set a timer the other day to get our our header and our cover art. It's been seven years. We've <laughs> updated it. Just it was me like pull. I mean, I can't. It, the tantrum that he threw was like a two year old. You cannot take a picture. But you can probably speak to this better than anyone. I think a lot of creators get so burnt out because they start to have success on a platform. Mm -hmm. Let's call in your case, let's call it a book or let's in others, let's call in Lauren's case, maybe social or vlog. And all of a sudden, you know, new people come into the business. Like you need a YouTube channel. You yes. need a podcast. You yes. need to go speak. You need to go to, and it's like all of these things that you're not drawn to or called to get thrown into the mix. And all of a sudden it becomes this huge overwhelming thing that you hate doing. Right. Yeah. Well, I would be really curious too, like, the brand, right? You you guys understand this and you especially that you built a brand. It was really specific. You had a fan base. How do you feel like the brand has evolved or have you been allowed for the brand to evolve as you have evolved as a woman? I don't ask for permission. I never have since mm. I was little. If, if you don't like me and I'm not the one for you, I get it. There's the door. Like, I'm very much no, I'm not for everyone. And that I think that goes back to my childhood in high school. I got my boobs done at 19 years old. People, people at that time could not believe that I talked about that. This is, you know, a long time ago. People were just shocked that I could get my boobs done and talk about it. I've always been an oversharer and I'm very self-aware in the sense that people see a blonde girl with huge tits and pink and they're they're turned off. That's fine. I know my audience. So I'm very I'm very good with that. I think the brand has evolved. I've become a mother, I've become a wife, I've moved to Austin. I have another one on the way, and I think how it's evolved is that it started as health and fitness and I feel like you can relate to this. It started very niche mm -hmm. and slowly it's expanded out and I always say with my audience, I didn't stick it in the first night. I, we just made out for a while and then like we felt each other up and then like the whole shebang happened later. Like it's, it's very much courting with my audience. It's been a very, an upside down triangle. Like I started at the tip and slowly have evolved out. I think now at the next stage of my life, I've launched product and I think I don't need to be the hero of the story. Like right. I can bring other people on my platform to do interviews like this and have conversations and uplift other people. And with Dear Media, that's what he's doing as well. It's like bringing up other brands. I'm I'm helping to produce Good Morning Monster. It's a book with Dear Media. So behind the scenes, things are more interesting. The product line, you know, I don't I don't want to just be taking a mirror selfie at 40 right. years old. Like, right. It's just not, it just doesn't appeal to me. Preach. Yeah, we were intentional too. Like the reason this is not called the Skinny Confidential Network is yeah. because it was like, it felt a little self-serving to do it that way. And I'm like, okay, if you wanted to make something where Lauren and I were not the heroes, but it was uplifting and it felt inviting and it felt like something bigger than us and it could be about everyone, right? Like 
I think that's how we think about things now. It's like we have our businesses, our brands, our show. But like if you at some point as you start to grow and evolve a brand, like to be of more service and to start making it a little bit more inclusive, you kind of have to get outside of just the the business that you've built. Well, I think too, when when I first started my blog, all the blogs that were out there, and yours was probably different. I'm just gonna guess. But a lot of blogs that were out there were here's what I ate. Here's what I wore. Here's my nail polish color. And like, for me, I was like, okay, this is what I'm doing. But like, what is, what is Sally from Massachusetts doing? And what is the supermodel from LA doing? And what is this actress doing? And I really wanted to like collect a bunch of different people's thoughts and opinions and make it a resource. And I hope that as it grows, it continues to be that resource. And I I don't need to be so front facing all the time, you know? And it's funny. I was hanging out with my best girls yesterday and uh, one of my girlfriends was like, question everyone, because we all have different platforms and do different things. She was like, how can I continue to grow my brand and not have to be on social? And we all just laughed because we were like, girl, this is a question (laughs) that every, yeah, this is uh, nobody. Once you get into it and you realize the sort of, I think if you're any kind of healthy individual, you start to want to make that shift of how do I continue to do this work or create without having to be on all the time and without having to put a magnifying glass on my life and my hair and sort of keep up with a certain vision. I think you do it by creating boundaries of your non-negotiables. Yeah. For me, I don't want to go to influencer events. Ugh. And at first when I started, everyone's like, you have to do that. And I felt guilty for a while that I didn't want to do that. And now I'm just like, nah, I just don't want to go to influencer yeah. events. And it's yeah. nothing against anyone that does. I just don't like it. And right. I, I don't want to go on influencer trips. And there's certain, there's certain brands that I don't want to work with. And I think that like, I've just made those non-negotiables. And what do I want to do more of? It's the same as you. I want to create, I want to write, I want to create products. I want to podcast. And so I, I just think like you, you only have so much energy in a day and it's like, where are you using that battery of energy? Right. I think if you just put more effort towards the things you want to do and less towards the things you want to do, hopefully you won't have to be as present. Right, (laughs) right. Well, I do feel like you have to edit, but often it takes getting to burnout or getting to some sort of negative space before you understand that you need to edit your life. Um, How did you edit or curate when you moved here? Well, the th- the biggest thing for me is I just felt like I was an imposter in a place that I didn't belong, mm. right? So I'm showing up to an office nine to six, you know, I'm going to places and dinners that I don't want to go to. I'm interacting with people that I didn't necessarily want to interact with. I'm not, it, it wasn't a personal thing. I just you felt- You love solitude. Yeah, it wasn't, my, <laughs> it wasn't my thing. Like, honestly, I'm that guy that if you put me on a mountaintop with like 10 books- and some food, I could be up there for a month before I'm like, wait, shit, I better go like down and like interact and say hi to someone. So like I said, I've been called to a place like this and and I don't think there's anything wrong with any of the big cities. As a matter of fact, I think everybody at some point should try to experience a big city just to see a different way of life because I'm appreciative of like what it can bring. It's, you know, it's faster paced. There's a lot of energy. There's, you know, it's easier to get things done quicker. But for me, I just, I realized that I wasn't happy there. 
Like even little things, and this is vulgar, like even things with like my sex drive. I'm like, my sex drive as soon as I came here is like much higher. I'm right. Because your wife. stress was Really, lower. we can yeah. tell. Well, not, <laughs> you wouldn't leave me alone. <laughs> but I know that's like a very personal thing, but I started to analyze it. I'm like, you know, why? It's like, because I'm happy here. I'm mm-hmm. comfortable here. Like right. this is, I feel at home here. Right. Like. Well, we were crammed together. Like not, you could hear like everything from right. the other wall. Like, right. You know what I mean? It's not yeah. sexy. Yeah. Here you have space. You can spread out. Yeah. I'm, I'm more. Um, I'm way more focused on my health and wellness out here. I did 70 days sober at the end of the year. I'm going to do another 75 awesome. days now. And it's not because and like before I was like, you know, you're out of this event, you're drinking, you're drinking. And I don't have a problem with that. But I just started thinking, I'm like, like I haven't focused on my health and wellness and in my relationship in the way that I do now in a long time. Yeah. Right? And it's you like a change clarity. of environment. Clarity. You know? That's the big one, I think. Yeah. And I also think that when you get that clarity, you can be more effective in every other area of your life, yes, right? Like some people purposeful. feel like they cannot be successful or like if they're not in those kind of places. Right. What I found is the opposite. Like yeah. once you get a little bit more focused and you get, like Ron said, that clarity, it's like, oh, I'm doing this completely wrong. I can do this much better. And do you guys have a community here? Do you have like a circle of friends? Did you already have friends? How, how'd you settle in? Not our, we moved out here with our best friend, Weston. And that was, that was really fun. But most nights were like, we're in bed at eight o'clock at night. Like, yeah, I'm like, I'm chasing a a two-year-old running a business. Like I'm tired. So like my friend time, which is really cool too, is I get to put all my energy into my friends when I go to San Diego and LA, which I actually find super refreshing because it's like, instead of feeling super spread thin here and dropping, dropping the baby off here and running a business here and doing this. I can now go to San Diego with a clear head and a clear schedule and be super present. Yeah. So the community here, I would say, it just is the people that we work with at Dear Media, which is incredible. It's smaller here. Yeah, it's But smaller. also Lauren and I, and I think probably you experienced it, we have the benefit. We do our show eight times a month. And maybe once or twice those is solo. So six times a month, we're having really in-depth, like the conversation that we just had on our podcast with you, like that's a very like intentional, you know, intense conversation. Yeah. It's not like, hey, you're yeah. like kind of like, in and out of the conversation. Right. And so we do that so frequently on the show that I feel like we get a lot of social interaction yeah. just doing that. And yeah. so by the time we get home, we're like, oh my God, we're We trusted. also are friends, yeah. and I'm sure you know who this is, with Khalil from Sun Life. And we constantly hike with him. Yes. He's fun. And he's, is he here or he's in LA? He moved here. And so we hang out with him a lot. We'll go hiking. But honestly, everything we do here is like, I feel like at home or the office. We're like retirement vibes. Yeah, we're, uh, I mean, I'm here vibes. for it, number one. <laughs> number two, they just opened a Sun Life close to my house. And when I saw the sign go up, I screamed like Jesus had come back. It's I was so excited. <laughs> where, this is just, I'm just curious for my own heart. Where have you eaten here? that you're like dying for. Red Ash has amazing pasta. I just saw that. It's so good. Have you been there? No. Oh my God. I literally just took space in this office just so I can get a reservation there. It's impossible. Is it Italian? Yeah. It's it's wood fire steak and Italian food. Okay. I'm adding it to the list. Sun Life, you cannot go wrong. Get the acai bowl, the (laughs) matcha, I'm drinking it right now, and the Khalil style bone broth. It's like a spicy bone broth. Uh, Jeffries we like. Jeffries we like. What are we missing? We've well, you're for sure missing Suerte. Oh, that's oh what, no, no, oh no, my no, God. Okay. Suerte is the best. Okay, She's okay. Right. No, okay. take take Rachel's like, advice. Suerte when is we the best. Just, I forgot when we about her, I think that Lauren made us go. Eight, God, to, yeah, so eight to ten times in one month. I think right? she almost killed it for it's me. It's so good. So it tastes the best. It's so good. Um, also right by you guys. Have you been to Comodor? No. Okay, that's your new. It's like uh, it's somewhere right around here. You could probably walk to it. It's um Oaxacan style Mexican, and it's like really cool. It's in one of these buildings, but it's outside inside vibes. 
insane mezcal selection, insane food. Top, oh my god! We it, need that. We need the Rachel Hollis list. We're, right. we're rookies out here. Here, well, I'll we'll go to dinner. Like we'll be real life friends. Yes, go there. Okay, I cannot recommend. wait to have a margarita. Yeah, I bet. Yeah, I can't wait. I bet. I, you did this three times, with no alcohol. I don't know how you did that. Right. Well, four times. Four times. Yeah. Four times. Yeah. Excuse well, so me. four. Um, my daughter's adopted, but then I was pregnant at the end of last year and uh, very unexpected and wasn't planned, but it was still excited and changing life perspective. And it had been so long since I was pregnant. And I was like, oh, my God, how did I do this last time? It's hard. It's a big difference. My The last time I was pregnant was 10 years ago. Um, so it was like, what is happening in my body? And all, even now, I... And I gained like 12 pounds like that fast. Like my body was like, I know how to be pregnant. Let's go. And and now I feel like losing it is taking such a long time, which is not – I was with my girlfriends yesterday and I was like, oh, I'm, you know, I'm working on losing this weight. And they were like, fuck that. Like you're beautiful. Who cares? And I'm like, no, no, 100%. But also I don't feel like myself. And I think because – especially because – it didn't come to anything, you know, like, so when I'm looking at my body or it's hard to zip up these jeans, I'm aware that that happened because of something really painful. I cannot imagine. Um, uh, and I am not, I shouldn't bring it up or be talking about it with you right now, but, um, that's okay. No, um, that's okay. I think that's good to talk about it. Yeah. But it feels like, sorry, being on the, being on the other side of something and, um, yeah, it was it was really hard to be back in that space. Was you've was also been through say. a lot, and I can't imagine having a constant reminder. And I think the weight thing is not talked about enough. Which yeah, I I, I, d I did a blog post on this. Like, you can be simultaneously really grateful that yes. you're pregnant, but yeah. like also complain that it's for me. I gained fifty five pounds my first pregnancy. Yeah. Like, you can yeah complain about that and bitch about that. Yeah. I don't know where you have to be one or the other. Right. I don't know where we got caught up in that. Right. And also, meanwhile, like all he did was like jack some sperm somewhere and <laughs> walk away. Like you know what I'm saying? I didn't just walk away. Right. But, well, well, it's <laughs> like it, and it. then he's sitting here asking me like, "What's wrong with you?" Like, let oh, me. Oh God! Here we go. Here, here we go. go. My feet hurt. Yeah. My tits hurt. Yeah. Everything hurts. Right. It's hard to carry this. Like you, I think that you we can have conversations of like this sucks, but right and. And I don't think enough women talk about or allowed to talk about, like, I am so freaking grateful. I'm so grateful for my pregnancies, for having healthy babies, for all of it. And simultaneously, what happens to our bodies in that process, we lose what we were. Like, I don't think enough women talk about it. And therefore, we don't really get the opportunity to grieve the loss because your body changes forever. And not just stretch marks and not just weight gain, but also like your vagina is different. I'm sorry, Nicole. She's in her 20s. She does not need to hear that. But like, it's different. Things are different. Boobs I'm different. getting my vagina done. I made him no, sign a not. contract. I'm no. getting my vagina done. I'm signing a contract. You already signed it. That after I'm done having kids, there's a vagina whisperer doctor in New Jersey that has a wall of 600 vaginas behind him that he's reconstructed. Stop it. If Wait a minute. Hold on. Let's hold do a collab. On. No, hold on. <laughs> Wait, are you being for real? I swear on my life. But what if, okay, I don't know anything about how that would work, okay. but are you not concerned that if someone works on your vagina, you will lose sensation? No, and I didn't lose sensation with Have my you poop. thought this through, Lauren? I've thought, yeah, I've thought it through. All right. I, have you, like, but, <laughs> but to what end? Like, what's the reason I, why? I just really want to get 
some things done when I'm done having kids. And I think a lot of people do, but they right. don't talk about sure. it. So then we're all looking at Instagram being like, how does this person look like this right. after four kids? But there's no transparencies. I have no shame in my game to, to be completely transparent right. that I would like a little nip and a tuck when I'm done. And and you you already signed it away. So I am too bad. so Work I'm a actually little harder. shocked at how many women I know who have had the full tummy tuck after they have but no kids. one talks about Nobody it. Nobody talks about it. It's like, but I have a couple girlfriends who are like, look at these results. And I don't think I would do it because I'm pretty t- – I had my boobs done after I had kids. But I the whole I was so terrified that I was going to die on the table, like the mom and clueless. And I just feel like – I just feel like – tell me – like I'll, they'll just be like, we lost her. She was <laughs> vapid. She cared too much about how she looked in a bikini. But then at the other side, I also think if men – Got pregnant and had babies. We, no, we Plastic go- surgery would be in the hospital. No, let me tell you something. If that was the case, if men got pregnant, we would have been destroyed as a species <laughs> millions of years ago. We, we would have. Have you seen us get colds? Right. No, no, no. We right. can't. I mean, right. listen. We can't. We can't do that. We don't have the. We don't have the right. pain threshold. Oh my god. Listen, it's not for everyone. You got to do you. But I'll. I'll be one who's taking one for the team. Yeah, to talk tell us you through about it. it. I gotta <laughs> like be careful a post, though. Like a follow up. <laughs> I just. You I might get, we might get canceled. I'll for saying tell men you if I still have feelings. You gotta be careful. Right. What'd you say? I'll tell you if I still have feelings. Yeah, that's what I want to know most. But can I just ask one more? Sorry, this is getting very graphic. We can edit this out if this is inappropriate. Oh, this is uh, this is like uh, a like a. Uh, Everyday conversation. Okay. If we're like on A to Z spectrum, it's like a B compared to the shit that normally I hear from her. So so my question is you want to have the vagine worked on because you want it to be tighter? Like what's your vision? Well, first of all, (laughs) what my vision is is that I need to see what I'm working with after I'm done having babies. Oh, I see. So I can't edit the creative project until I see what the end result is. It's an aesthetic. No, it's it's not just an aesthetic. (laughs) It's 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 let's talk to the vagina whisperer and see what he says are my options, like a menu. Do I want extra fries? Do I want sweet and sour? He doesn't call himself that, does he? Yeah. No, he does not call himself that. Yes, he does. The guy people call him that or he calls himself that? Everyone calls him this. But he, what is he? This <laughs> is, by the way, if he calls himself more that, people we're out. than you even know have gone to the vagina whisper. Like celebrities? Celebrities, influencers, anyone has gone to this person. Go Google him. Get him on the show. I yeah. mean, you do need to get him on the show, by the way. You could ask him so many questions that none of us have the courage to I'm ask gonna him. I'm going to send him a link to okay. your podcast. Please do. My God. Vaginas, I, COVID. Right. Austin, <laughs> the state of the world. We've covered it, guys. We've really... Did we have we? Yeah. I mean, we really have have actually covered it today. I love it, though. I love hanging out with you guys because I knew we were going to talk about anything and everything. And we mentioned it a couple of times, but I did your podcast before you came on mine. So if you want the full conversation with you're great on there, by the way. Oh, thanks. Really good. Thanks. A really honest, vulnerable conversation. Thank you for having us. I know you have a very loyal audience, so it's a pleasure. Yeah. And if people are listening and they think you're hilarious, which they do, they just peed their pants about your vagina surgery. That's I will, you know who won't be peeing their pants? Me after I have kids. <laughs> <laughs> um, where can they find you guys? Tell them where to go. Not at the Vagina Whisper. It's <laughs> at Lauren Bostick. And then my product line's at the Skinny Confidential. Very yeah. cool. And then just our podcast, Skinny Confidential. Very cool. Well, thanks for hanging out, guys. We should um, have a double date. Let's yeah. do a double date yeah. at 
Commodore. Commodore. Yes. I'm in. Yeah, we got to find the good spots out here. We've got like Lauren finds a place and she just beats it to death. Like I loved Suerte. And now I'm like, I don't know if I can go there anymore. You had too much. Yeah, it is. It's really good. And when you can drink again, my favorite, favorite place in this town is a natural wine bar on the east side called Lolo. Shout out to Matt at Lolo's. And you sit out like picnic tables. And it's one of those like someone who owns a business and they just like love their product and they know it so well and he'll be like literally you walk in and he'll be like oh some love into the yeah place. like oh michael i remember last time you had the this I, let me just you know it it's such a curated experience so that. shout out to him it looks very cute it is really cute well thank you for having, thanks us, yeah, for having thanks, us guys the rachel hollis podcast is produced by me rachel hollis it's edited by andrew weller and jack noble